The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to The Real Pod. Yeah, kia ora. Welcome along to The Real Pod. This is your reality TV and real life in New Zealand podcast. My name is Jan Yee. I'm joined by Duncan Grieve, Managing Editor of The Spin-Off, and Ben Thomas, host of our, one of our other lovely podcasts, Gone By Lunchtime, and now I like almost a semi-regular guest on The Real Pod. Well, After just... years of exclusion. <laughs> <laughs> You've got the call up twice in a month. It's right, amazing. The, pu- the push for diversity on The Real Pod. <laughs> <laughs> diversity of Coming thought. <laughs> Uh, so yes, so Ben's Ben's filling in for Alex Casey, who worked on The Bachelor, so she can't talk about it. She's been silenced, yeah, like Meghan Markle. Cancel culture. Um, and she will be she will be back though when this this season wraps up. So your your days are numbered, Ben. Sorry, it should be what like about six days. Yeah, or something. I know. If, if the last season of this franchise does anything to go by, I'll be wrapping up next week. Yeah, <laughs> but. The first Bachelor franchise in history to have no kissing. (laughs) We will talk about this at length. There's a lot to get through, but let's start off with just a little bit of real news. news. Our new Plymouth correspondent, Tara Ward, who writes on The Bachelor NZ for the spin-off website, had a very exciting outing. On the weekend, I think she was going for dinner with her husband and saw a whole load of bachelorettes. Whoa. All there to celebrate by our internet stalking uh, Samantha's 30th birthday. Samantha? Samantha's um, the very, very intense eyes. Um, uh, she just got sent home. Did somebody, did somebody jump out of a cake to surprise her? Not, what are you talking about? Isn't, isn't, what are you referencing? Isn't Sam the one who jumped out of the bush? Oh, Moses? yes, yes. She's the one who jumped out of the bush. Oh, yep, 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 yep. Yeah. Anyway, she's just turned 30, had a party, lots of bachelorettes descended upon New Plymouth. And Th- that does rem- remind me of those kind of classic old seasons of the bachelorettes when they all just became best mates and just hung around town together. That's quite sweet. Well, they had to come out with, with some sort of relationship from this season. <laughs> It wasn't going to be with Moses. <laughs> um, and in other Bachelor-related news, uh, Hamish, our winning Bachelor from The Bachelorette NZ, has been spotted starting to do some influencing of the massage, like one of those massage gun things. Like a <laughs> Yeah, I know what they are. they got like a round head on them and you kind of like pummel yourself with them. Oh, so they're, they're not the Sorry. ones which are like basically not for massaging your back. 
What are they for? Are they no? It's not. It's not like a Hitachi wand. No, no. It's, it's not an adult want? toy. It's for, a, um, oh, okay. It's it's like a it's like a bit of rubber that you like that just punches your muscles. It's sort of. It looks like a drill, like a handheld drill. Yeah, on the spectrum of home based massage treats, you've got <laughs> Rusty's all encompassing comfy massage coffin that he sleeps in <laughs> on maths. <laughs> And then the other end, you've got like the kind of <laughs> the stark, visceral, <laughs> explosive violence of the massage gun yeah. as modelled by Hamish. The massage gun, very clearly not something you would want anywhere near you downstairs. <laughs> right, I, okay. I, I would okay. think, I would think. <laughs> um, thank you for just giving maths a little shout out there, Ben. It's a nice opportunity to remind you guys that Alex, Casey and I are also doing maths chat. So that should be out tomorrow. Uh, recapping Married at First Sight Australia, which is a marathon every week. And let me just say, the podcast is great. Thank you. And this season of Maths is off the hook. It's, oh, is it good? Do yeah. I need to get in on that? Come on in. Okay, okay. I, I might just jump, like this could become a monopod that's just you. <laughs> Absolutely and not. We'll all just have a real big, big old Maths I pod just on the other channel. Everyone in all the pods, okay? Okay. Uh, just a little bit of Colin's cranny before we get into the recap. Colin's cranny, Colin's cranny, Colin's cranny, 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 cranny. Colin's cranny. This again from Colin's personal Facebook page, but it's publicly available, so I feel that it's okay to share this in the podcast. Going out usually has funny moments. Last night I was in a bar enjoying a gin with friends when a person walks in, looks hard at me, comes up and says, Look, I'm sorry, but do you want me to tell you the truth? I said, go for it. His response, it's so obvious you're wearing a wig and everyone can tell. <laughs> I burst out laughing. I let him check I wasn't and he didn't know where to go from there. Oh, my gosh. Another fun night in the town. <laughs> the audacity. That feels like it. Like if you had a sketch show about Colin's life and that was one of the sketches, you'd be like, that's a champagne sketch. That's absolutely <laughs> outstanding. <laughs> what great writing for his, his Truman Show. I can't wait to read his memoirs. <sighs> going to be so good. And that's, that's Colin's cranny. Let's get into reality check. I have four weeks to decide I'm going to drop my entire I am disgusted at how much you have copied my husband. <laughs> right, so much to talk about. What do we start with? Intruders. Intruders have arrived. They've gone into the tiny little toilet in the in the boat and <laughs> got changed into their cocktail outfits. Uh, and then they arrive on shore and poor Lydia. I mean, okay. It's such an ungainly arrival. I'm not just talking about Lydia, but just in general, like having to hop out of the boat. Off the front of it. Off, and straight into the water. They're all wearing like Birkenstocks and Jandals. They don't even get to have their fancy high heels on when they arrive at the house. But just such an iconic moment in quote. <laughs> I didn't have any undies on. I flashed my whole vagina bum everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's verbatim. It's, it's vagina comma bum, right? Uh, not... uh, uh, the way she said it makes no, it she was sounded talking about like the it was region, a sort of a, vagina a whole nether region. <laughs> uh, and and it, well, that wasn't even a – she wasn't exaggerating. No. no. <laughs> Like the, those emojis had a lot, a lot of work to do. <laughs> they did all the heavy lifting, and then she had also, also a, boob. A, boob, a boob flash just to top it all off. <laughs> Got to say, she she handled that with such a plum that I think she deserves a top five 
just based on the the general good, the general bonhomie of that alone. Um, yeah, and, and while they were while they were doing their best, you know, dismounting, the girls on the shore were losing their shit, mm. just peering through binoculars, just getting all like preemptively Lord of the Flies hurling abuse. Like, I think if they had had spears, they would have, like, thrown those into the water. Kind of like, you know, those islands where you don't, um, you know, where where Western civilization has never reached and they, kind of, <laughs> they fire arrows at helicopters that go over sea, over here. Yeah. There was definitely a sense that they had never seen and never hoped to see another woman again. <laughs> hey, also, Sam, so the girls, remember, they if you cast your mind back to last week, were preparing for what they thought was going to be a, a group date. And so they were getting all gussied up to, to go on a group date. They thought they were going to be heading out on a boat or something similar. So they've basically spent the whole day getting ready and apparently on the piss because Sam was <laughs> sloshed. She was pissed as a new, well, I mean, allegedly. Someone actually, like, be drunk. Because so much of it's shot during the day in these seemingly, like, 15-minute long, you know, cocktail parties that you just think that, you know, compared to the sprawling up till 4am kind of uh, bachelor of old, it mm. feels it feels very PG. Mm-hmm. In her perhaps slightly inebriated state, she decided it would be a really good idea to jump out of the bushes. The bushes are just like some succulents planted into stones in the, in the front of the house. And so she has to really get down basically on the like real low profile for her, uh, her surprise jump out. And... I think that might have been her undoing, ultimately. Well, the thing is, Moses did it, and it was fine then. But uh, but obviously, like, in this instance, it seems to have, uh, you know, it's, it's what's good enough for him is not good for them, which is, you see, the same thing with his asking these in- interminable, unanswerable questions, and then when one's turned back on him, he's like, absolutely not. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's, like being, it's like being interrogated by the Gestapo. <laughs> Everyday sexism on our televisions. Anyway, Sam did a great job of jumping out and giving everyone a big old fright. As you say, Moses wasn't keen. I think that's the reason he booted her off the show. But we'll get there. There was no explanation of how Devon and, and Alana know each other. All we know is that Alana walked in, and Devonie was like, I can recognise that blonde bob anywhere. And they had a huge hug, like very, very friendly, yeah. like best friends kind of a hug. Maybe and then one we of got... her ten step siblings. True, <laughs> yep. <laughs> but we never got any further information on that. No, that, that does. It's like no one's doing continuity. No. <laughs> and it was the same actually last season when um, Jesse walked in and Jack knew him. Jack was like, was it? Yeah. yeah I think and, so. and, and then again, we never had any expansion on that. I just didn't have the pickup. On we go. <laughs> Moses called Suzanne Suzette when he introduced her to everyone. We're <laughs> old Suzanne. Eh? I, I, I really like. She's one of again the the people who've been eliminated from this show on in the in some kind of parallel universe lost island where they're the ones who all stayed on. It's a much better show. <laughs> like no doubt in my mind that the the eliminated make you a better television yeah. show than the ones the sort of. <laughs> Kind of mice. I'd like to see maintained. a spin-off version where the eliminated contestants, only in this instance, because you wouldn't want it if it were a whole lot of boring people being booted off. But in this instance, I'd like to see the eliminated contestants in a house, mm. and then all the bachelors from Bachelor. Because presumably they're shooting this all at the same time. The bachelors can't be far away. Put them all in a house together, and you've got yourself another series straight off the back of it. You're talking about cutting costs and yeah, making it winner in paradise at the same time with yeah. the. the with a second crow shooting at night. Absolutely. 
Well, the, sa- the same crew, but shooting at night because <laughs> they're clearly not shooting this show at night. Are you talking about the Blue Book? Oh, I'm talking about, yeah, I'm talking yeah. about overtime rates. Yeah. Which is clearly on their minds. Uh, all the roast ceremonies seem to be taking place at like 2.30 in the afternoon. Suzanne made a big impact in her short time on our screens. She she had some, perhaps some missteps. She has a curious mind. She has a curious, curious mind. Curious intellect. She wanted to know where Kimmy was from ethnically, and Kimmy doesn't take it too well. I need to know for my own life if it's inappropriate <laughs> to ask about someone's cultural heritage. Is it? You're asking two white guys. I know. Well, I'm, I mean... I am half Chinese. I get a lot of people who don't realise that and they ask me and I'm like, my dad's Chinese. It doesn't uh, it doesn't bother me, but I'm not sure if there's... I need someone to tell me. You guys are obviously I, not the guys. I th- I oh, Ben's th- the my, guy. My sense, <laughs> my sense is that if you're talking about internet trends or um, the fashion world, you can talk about, you know, ethnically ambiguous as a trend. I think that if you're saying to someone you are ethnically ambiguous, <laughs> it becomes more problematic. Okay, all right, as long as I know. So but I also think that had Suzanne, like it was also bound up into the general suspicion of the others and that basically they were on sort of high alert to, mm. to uh, for, for absolutely anything yeah. I said. Su- Suzanne was clearly just... She was a problem to all of them right oh, the they, way through. They so, so on her. They weren't likely to view any kind of statement uh, with a chari- through a charitable lens. And then she said that she wanted to use her time on the show to use the platform to advocate for her organisation, which is what, some kind of poly church or something? Yeah, like like a, like a rainbow church. I, I'm just a big Suzanne booster. Yeah, me too. More I, time. I, th- I think it... I find it more problematic that Warner Brothers or Moses or whoever kicked off a person of colour who, who's got a cause, a rainbow church cause. And is bisexual and is, and bisexual. is already married. Like basically like, just went through all of the things which could be held as a nigga and was like, you're out. Yeah. I just think that's, that's problematic in and of itself. And certainly as someone who's separated at the moment, the um, <laughs> the stigmatism of being like, I am, when she says I am someone's, I'm still someone's wife. She's doing it as like a, like a bit, she's doing yeah. it as a bit of a joke. Yeah. But they're making it sound like it, it feels like there's an ownership, like I belong to someone else. Like that's how they're presenting it, or how that's how it's being interpreted by the woman in the house. It's and absolutely the way it's being seen, presented. As a, seen as a as a mark against her that yet another hurdle. Yeah, and oh, you over. can't be you. You still you still belong to someone else, so you can't be here trying mm. to. Trying I to thought make the a life lethal blow though was the pile on about her being there for the wrong reasons. Yes, um, all of all of the current, you know, the original contestants, the OGs almost swarmed on her and then couldn't contain themselves running off to Mile, uh, Moses saying, you know, she's not here for the right reasons. She's here to boost her not-for-profit organisation that benefits she vulnerable people. wants to make it even bigger not-for-profit <laughs> at how, the end of the how dare she? financial and, year. And they seized on the fact that she wasn't there for the right reasons you know, as to why she needed to be eliminated, which in hindsight they will realise was a huge tactical error because they gave Annie, who was there for exactly the right reasons, a free pass. Mm. You're right. That's so true. Like they, they basically let two absolute kills, because Lydia is no joke either. Like, like she's not as, you know, calculating about it, but she's also like absolutely got, you know, final three written all over her. 
Uh, this, so, yeah, they, they, they focused on people who they didn't want to hang out with yeah. at the expense of people who were definitely going to beat them. So the wrong reasons and the right reasons is a bachelor trope that goes back forever ago. In fact, there was a right reasons podcast that inspired the real pod from way back in the day. And you've only just... I like I've only just realised what you're saying is so true. If someone's there for the wrong reasons, everyone should be encouraging them to stay because they're not going to want to get engaged at the end of it. They're just there for, you know, the, to promote their not-for-profit or to get some more Instagram followers and so on and so forth. So, And they'll nearly always eliminate themselves exactly. before the end. The, the New Zealand version, particularly this version, um, and, and actually the Bachelorette as well, has evolved a third category you know, the right, there's the right reasons, which is wanting a spiritual connection and eternal happiness with this rando that the production company <laughs> has just put in front of you. <laughs> there's the wrong reasons, which is to promote yourself to become an influencer. Mm-hmm. And then there's the kind of neutral, nothing kind of reason of wanting to hang out with the guys or the girls at the mansion. That is everyone. That is such a good thesis. Like, it's basically been... Damn, it looks like they have a nice time because they don't actually show the fact that you have to do all the, the cooking and cleaning <laughs> um, as prominently as, as you, you know, pay attention to that potential contestants. But that is everyone. There's a yeah. real problem in that most of them seem utterly indifferent to the, the bachelor or bachelorette and really invested in some new mates. Yeah, and I think you, you see that with um, oh, Devaney was – I mean, it, it looks like she's about to walk herself out – and her big struggle was that she didn't want to leave the girls. That was her. That was what she was grappling with: is that she didn't want to leave the girls. And I, so I think is this. This is like a real New Zealand problem. I think partially because they don't push. I really don't believe they push the boat out far enough in terms of trying to establish the romantic relationship. Like production should be on Moses' ass saying, "You are contractually obliged to kiss three women this week." <laughs> That's crazy. The kiss is the contract. I know there are some ethical issues with this kind of approach, but come on, it's a romance show. It's 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 really really shocking. This. He is basically auditioning for Facebook friends. That's like the, I feel like that's the best that any of these women can hope out of this is to be is to to be privy to to Moses's private Facebook page. So somebody described the way Moses acts with the contestants as like a VIP meet and greet. Yes. After a solo Mio concert. Yeah. Or perhaps, and I I sort of thought maybe almost like in some cases like a hospital visit. <laughs> Like it's it's this really sort of over the top kind of hugging and cheeks <laughs> close together and smiling. And then um who was it? I think it was oh it was with Sam. And you know, and they were they, he was laughing away and and had this sort of exaggerated kind of side hug going on and his face was close to hers and she was going, Oh, I didn't know was it the right time to kiss him, mm. was it the right time mm. to kiss him? It absolutely wasn't the right time to kiss him because Sort of within a flash, like this, a, what, a snap, he was sort of out of it and was like, well, nice to hang out with you, uh, you know, <laughs> see you later. <laughs> it's extremely like he's on the clock. And then he was, then he axed her. So that that maybe was her downfall, looking like, she, looking like she might want to kiss him. Yeah. He was like, shit, if I get time alone with her next time, she's not going to, she's going to go for it and I can't have that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Can we talk about Art's um, shorts suit? Did you clock his his outfit? That first row ceremony, he was wearing like a blazer, like a, a suit blazer, and then suit shorts. I've always thought that should be a thing in New Zealand, but well, um, it is now. 
<laughs> well, for art, I don't think that necessarily means it translates to the rest of us uh, okay. less, less gifted types. Can we talk about the swap? I'm like, I, I generally agree with the thesis that Moses is not a good bachelor and this is not a good season of the show, but the swap was intense. Like, like just the, the fact, have they done that before where they've made it such a kind of, and I will keep you... And in exchange, I will eject you. No, like that I, I is like so it. It's so visceral. I love it. Okay. I, I think they've they've had something similar, haven't they? Where they bring in the intruders, and then there's a big cull. Yeah, there was like well, in Bachelor, and then you've got to get rid of three people or something. In Bachelorette, they had Jessie come in, and she was briefed that she had to send one of the if if she wanted to keep Jessie, she had to send someone else home. And then she went and had a private conversation with I can't remember his name, the one that looked the, yeah, like yeah. like poor man's joke. It was the staging of it, the 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 kind of doing it in front of yes. everyone that was just so much better than the because it felt like the Bachelorette. They, she just started eliminating people wherever she felt like it was roses wherever I deemed to give them away, <laughs> and I can just chuck everyone anyone overboard whenever there's a body of water nearby. Whereas this was just so intense. It's like I like you, but not you. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah. yeah. It's like I'm. She. It's a very much. A, I like this one who I hardly know better than this one yeah. who I've spent the last maybe four days, maybe four weeks. Who knows how to say <laughs> four days. But, um, but it was poorly set up. I didn't really know what was happening when the first girl walked out and stood in front of Moses, and I was like, "What? What is this?" I feel like there could have been an art sort of directed, I mean, because Art is putting himself in this show as much as bloody possible, and then when we actually need him, he's nowhere to be seen. He could have been there saying, we're going to bring out the first of the intruders, Moses is going to make a decision, you know, just to set up, because someone just sort of came out and he was like, you've got a rose, which means you're going home. But it was, I was very surprised he sent Sam and Nikki. And and it was the, the ruthlessness of it, you know, like he'd, give a bit of a preamble as to why he wanted to keep, um, you know, first up, uh, uh, no, who's the first one? Uh, Annie. 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 And We know why he wanted and, to keep Annie. And he'd talk about that. And then he'd just sort of like look over and go, Sam. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm looking at Annie and I'm looking at you and I'm going, I'm more of an, I'm sort of, Annie is good and you're bad. <laughs> It was amazing. So we watched it with um, our kids and just that little section and and Vivian yelled out, this show is a piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) Seven years old and just like had this intense physical reaction. I've always maintained that how I can justify watching a show like this as uh, a feminist is that it's a good example of like, what not to do in life and what not to want for yourself and your children. And that's Vivi's just been a classic example that supports my theory. She can go in there, she can look at that and go, nah, bullshit. Uh, just, it was just, it was very, very raw. <laughs> okay, let's go on. So we got rid of, we didn't. Moses ruthlessly got rid of Nikki and Sam. He decided to keep Annie. He decided to keep Lydia and sent home Suzanne and Alana. Is Lydia the first blonde person that he has sort of consciously chosen? Mm. Yeah, I mean... I was starting to think that, you know, like a blonde lady had run over his cat as a child or something. <laughs> like, he, he was just so sort of... It was he was approaching hate crime levels, just, you know, the, the ruthlessness with which he was weeding out weeding It'd be out quite blondes. brutal, though. Like, just thinking about how Lydia arrived on shore where Moses didn't have the entire culpability, but certainly he basically exposed, had a role in exposing her entire body to then be like, 
and off you go. Like there's almost some level like a couple that buy, should buy you a couple of rounds of just like let's calm this thing down. I'm not I'm not issuing a judgment on anything beyond that, but it just seems like if you're going to be game enough to just be relaxed about that, that's that should be your reward yeah. to, to immunities. Yeah, yeah. Um, Chanel's sort of blonde adjacent and Lana has – I mean, she's got very dark roots in the blonde situation. That might be confusing. Billiage? I don't know. There was a great quote from Chanel. I, I can't remember who it was referring to, but to, talking about one of the new arrivals as another tiny girl who's going to be absolutely delightful. Yeah. <laughs> Chanel is cool. But Chanel's in the moment, so just absolutely fantastic. Let's talk about Chanel's single date. They went uh, parasailing, and she felt like they're like, like up in the air, and she's like, you know, you're way more... I don't know if she said this one under the ear. But anyway, she decided he's way more cool in a date situation than, like, in a group situation. Which is obviously true. Obviously true. Incidentally, I did that exact parasailing, potentially even on the same boat this summer. So scary. Really? I did it with both my kids. I took two of my three kids on either side of me. Is that what was scary about it? Well, yeah, it was a little bit because I was like, this rope is just the tiniest rope. And you're like, if this thing snaps, we're about three kilometres in the air. And I don't know whether we just fly off into the sun. You were definitely not, you were not three kilometres in the air. At least three kilometres in the air. And there was, it was a sober, and I was like, well, Nikki will be sad. And Ted will be sad. It was just, I was, the whole time I was basically panicking and my kids were just having a time. So I, I was just like, kudos to them for basically being able to have a normal conversation because that shit's scary as hell. Did you come down from there and feel like a sense of achievement or like, did you come down from that and think, I'm never fucking doing that again? Uh, definitely a sense of, like, I don't have to do that again okay. ever and today. And I voluntarily did it as soon as possible because I was like, that is obviously massively scary. I get to watch all these other people have to do the scary thing. Yeah. So one theory I have is I know, obviously, they've got tourism tie-ups and that's why they do all the sort of adventure sport. The other thing is, you know, there's kind of well-known cognitive psychology s- studies mm. about how you tend to be more attracted to people in kind of high-risk mm-hmm. situations because your body literally confuses the kind of incidents of fear, like racing hearts, sweat, with that of attraction. And I'm starting to think, like, they're just getting so desperate for Moses to pash someone. <laughs> that, you know, they're, going, they're like, you know, it's, it's a stage of fake abduction. <laughs> or, like... I mean, please, honestly. It's anything, anything. They, they, even, uh, they even, like, just loaded them up with oysters at their dinner to try and create some sort of, you know, sense of desire. Yeah, there's just, uh, he is an extremely not horny man on this show. (laughs) He tells her, he uses that really smooth line uh, that she sounds like Minnie Mouse when she laughs, always works on me. My God, that was just, (laughs) that's going to get in someone's head and make them, okay, note to self, never laugh again. (laughs) But it was a beautiful segue into... Top three Disney movies. <laughs> it was it was very Disney themed. He was like, today today's the Disney date. <laughs> Do you think they're doing some spec work to try to get to, to Disneyland for a future season? Something's <laughs> going on. It's, it's just like, I mean, he might as well just be giving them BuzzFeed quizzes to do. <laughs> like sort of, you know, uh, hey, <laughs> Chanel, are you a real coffee-holic? <laughs> you know? Which character in High School Musical do you think you most are? Like... Um, but that opened the door. Uh, yeah. Because did. Moses 
Moses saw inside out. He did, yeah. And it changed his view of masculinity. Mm-hmm. Moses is... To give him credit, he's a very interesting character, like much more so than I necessarily like. I don't think he's a, he's not great for the show, but I'm like, he is a very interesting person to be a a figure of masculine, you know, like an archetype of masculinity that the show naturally presents itself as. Even down to like, that's just the opera singing at the table, like mm, being mm. chill about doing that. Like most singers I know, and I know a few, would never ever in their there's just no planet on which they would do that. And he's just, yeah, this is a thing I'm comfortable with. Again, I mean, that speaks to the hospital visit vibe. I feel like that is <laughs> definitely something that most singers would opt to do were they at someone's <laughs> hospital bedside. It was weird that no one who was wandering past, none of the locals even turned their heads. It might have been like the second take. Possibly. Yeah, or, or it actually was like a four-hour <laughs> concert and they were just completely oblivious by that stage. <laughs> But Mo- Moses, Moses tried, Moses tried to open up basically about his struggles with traditional masculinity, and the insights that he had had by going to Inside Out with his his nieces, I think. And in traditional Kiwi style, his attempts to lay bare his feelings were immediately cut off. With Chanel talking about her own experiences with trauma. <laughs> <laughs> nobody, nobody wants to hear about vulnerable men. Hang on, <laughs> hang on. Are you paying out Chanel for talking about how she lost her brother? At that no, she should, that, that, that she a, should have no. let Moses finish about how he had to cry at the movies with me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have to come to Chanel's defence on this one. Oh, no, I, himself. No, I, th- I think once, once she actually got into it, I mean, that was actually one of the only genuinely moving things I think I've seen well, probably the only one I've in seen on the show, you know, since we learned about Lou's backstory. And, you know, and, and she and she talked about it in quite a poetic way as well, you know, she talking did. about Tangaroa and mm. her relationship with the sea and the sky. But so, how so dare she? It was, it was definitely good. I mean, it was great content. I'm just saying that, like, Moses didn't get a lot of time to explore contested ideals of masculinity in New Zealand. <laughs> That's all right. He had a song Fair. to bust out to, to tie it all up with a bow, so <laughs> it's fine. Um, that was that was a really touching moment. It was. Um, it's it's interesting to me that he talks to every single girl about wanting to know their story, and the story to him is just basically a little bit about you. Yeah, Whereas fun fact. Some people like Chanel and Lou really have a story mm. that kind of defines where they are right now because of these great tragedies they've experienced, and I think. It would be nice if he came up with a different word for just shit that's happened in your life. Yeah, any tidbits. Any tidbits. (laughs) Tidbits for like I I went to uni and did a BA story for I lost someone really close to me. Yeah. Just if you're listening, Warner Brothers. Together with Kiwi Bank, the Spin-Off Podcast Network is proud to announce When the Facts Change with Bernard Hickey, your essential weekly guide to the intersection of economics, business and politics in Aotearoa. Hello, I'm Bernard Hickey. I'm a little bit obsessive about how the economy and interest rates and politics and business works. And I love talking about it and we're going to start a weekly podcast on the Spin-Off brought to you in association with Kiwi Bank called When the Facts Change. New Zealand faces some huge changes in the next decade or two around how to deal with climate change and how to deal with housing affordability and how to make our economy more productive and dealing with technology change. And those are the things we're going to be talking about on When the Facts Change, a weekly podcast with the spin-off brought to you in association with Kiwi Bank. 
Coming soon to the Spin-Off Podcast Network together with Kiwi Bank, new episodes of When the Facts Change with Bernard Hickey will be released each Friday. Subscribe now at your favourite podcast provider to make sure you don't miss an episode. Rofton Nelson. Lovely home. I really like the interior decor and um, the architecture of this place. Just speaking of that, so Art comes up and says, you have got two hours to get out. And... and- to clean. And, and make sure to clean up because otherwise the crew has to. So there's two layers going on here. Not only do the cars have to clean, if they don't do their job properly, the bloody cameraman and soundy and the production manager are on hands and knees scrubbing the floor. So, so that was the first thing that leapt out was this totally confirms that <laughs> they're, they're really running on a shoestring here. I talked about this last week. But, uh, yeah. But the other thing is I'm not sure that the owner of the mansion knew they were there. <laughs> like it's... Uh, you know, Art was like, we've got two hours. <laughs> <laughs> two hours, everything needs to be gone. We had eyes on him. He jumped in his helicopter. We, we got to go. You know there's that island up north that David Fisher has been reporting on? Yes. Which has been sort of just taken over? Maybe that was actually where they shot the bachelor. <laughs> they like, there were, th- there were two busted TVs and four cocktail dresses found in the... After they've scrubbed the shower and cleaned out the loo, they go to pack their stuff and they realise that Chanel's stuff is gone and Negan is spinning out. She's like, nah, I'm going to have to get frickin' ice cream if this is the case. Love Negan. She is... Keep her away from the freezer, though. <laughs> oh my into God. the ice cream. Very, very into gate. the berries. First actual controversy of the whole series is who's using too much of the countdown frozen berries. And this, this again comes back to, you know, the crew cleaning... Everyone's on half rations for the berries. <laughs> it still doesn't top... There's two cartons of oat milk for the next three weeks. <laughs> it still doesn't uh, top allegations that in a previous season of this show, um, production pulled a rotisserie chicken out of the bin and made the kids feast on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, in previous seasons, oh, for sure. Yeah, Every toilet in the house blocked. <laughs> yeah. And no water. We've got to give credit to Warner Brothers New Zealand for, to, like, they They're should really be shooting an after-hours show just about the, like, kind of castaway conditions. I think what they're actually doing is some, like, development work on a Survivor-style show. <laughs> I, I, I did wonder if, like, the fact that that, you know, you, and you got to clean up was left in. Part of me was, like, hoping, I really hope that um, Alex did the post-direction on this and it was just a little, we'll see if this gets through. Ah. <laughs> she will never tell us. She she's will never she's tell. locked in a soundproof room uh, for the rest of her days. Okay. When they go and do their bed bag zing at the new place in Nelson, it was very reminiscent of Top Model. I loved it. Just like all, like scurrying around the most important thing in this world is to make sure you get a good bed yeah. uh, not find love they look they're looking for coco chanel is inexplicably suddenly renamed coco well coco chanel well not not okay not inexplicably i mean as in why haven't we heard this before it's well, just you can't suddenly shoot everything or indeed anything <laughs> <laughs> and they're looking for her and they're opening cupboards. Like, <laughs> like, like she might be under the sink. Yeah, she could be. That's maybe behind the berries in the freezer. It's a group date. Everyone's going except for Kimmy and Sinead and um, they're doing archery dodgeball. Once again, this is an art-directed thing. He just He's bored. Yeah. Wants another sport to play. Got to say, it was it and him? I mean, they, he won the first, and then the second two rounds, he was just taken out. I think by, by Negan, Negan one both, t- times. both times. Mm. I mean, that, she's a cop, so she needs to know Sharp how to shooter. shoot mm-hmm. for her job. But um, 
really cool to see him just absolutely like just taken out of the competition. I do have an issue with the fact that at one point uh, Moses got someone out by running up and touching them That's with his arrow. That's not the rules. No. God damn. I, th- I, would say, I think he would probably defend himself by saying I didn't want to shoot her at close range, but come on. Still better do it. Better I, do I, it. I liked how they, they did start getting fiery, particularly in the end when it was raining. But, it, but, I mean, this is part of the problem with these group dates, right, is that if you're going to make them activities-based, it's either got to be that the winner, you know, gets the date, yeah. you know, the person who scored the most tries mm-hmm. or gets the most kills or whatever, um, <laughs> or it's it's one where they're talking and interacting. Yeah. It's like, oh, I've formed a real vibe. I really loved how you comported yourself in this. Yeah. Negan is the stone cold MVP of this. She she wins back the shreds of Moses's dignity after the Waka armor and after the first match. You know, she she's propping him up, you know, inside out styles. And then he goes and chooses Devaney. Devaney. Okay, and we didn't th- even see Devaney during the <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Devaney had previously spoken to Moses about the fact that she, she everyone's referring to her as the, the youngest and it's kind of become a bit of an in-joke and she's she's kind of done that thing where she's like, if I don't, you can't beat him, join him, but now I feel like it's being reinforced that I'm the, I'm the youngest contestant. Is that going to be a problem? Moses reassures her, no, 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 that's not an issue. And then he takes her for hot chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't order a fluffy. <laughs> <laughs> it's in this moment that we find out that Dev is cl- clearly adopted, right? Because she talks about her, she talks about meeting her biological parents, and that's how. So she's got five siblings with her family, and then she met her biological um, parents and found and some more siblings. So that's but, but, how. Yeah, she's got t- ten, ten step siblings, no no full. No full. No, which was. Um, and she's the eldest, right? Yeah, I think she's the eldest. And so I think it's uh, she's gone from a situation where she's the eldest of 11 people into a situation where she's the youngest of 11 people or so. Very chill. Very chill. Cocktail party. Kimmy pulls out a list of questions from her boob. Uh, <laughs> oh, is this when she talks about is it okay to listen to old school hip hop and have a g- gossip on a Saturday morning? No, no, no. This isn't when they're sitting in the room with, um, you know how all the cocktail parties are divided up into two groups of people. She's in the bigger group and she pulls, she asks some questions like, "What do you have any nicknames and so on? And I think like in his in the moment again, Moses runs her down for. Yeah, he's like, it feels like a Q&A. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's totally. It's like unbelievable. Having said that, Kimmy did seem like hard work. Yeah, I, I liked Kimmy less and less as time as time Correct. has gone on on this. I love how you know normally when they have a one in one space, it's like a little bench with maybe some candles and a blankie, possibly a, a cheese on crackers or so on. Uh, now that they're in Nelson and they're like work, they've got their working budget out and they can see where they're at, not, they can't afford too much more. The TV room is the one-on-one space. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just pop to the TV room, and it is the TV room in which Annie and Moses found themselves after she did a little "Hello Moses, are you there?" calling Moses phone call in the room. That was the single most professional move. I've ever seen on in any New Zealand Bachelor. It was like as you're watching it, you're like chills. This is just and just imagine me and this woman like, oh, it's completely over. Like she's 
She's the winner. She's the winner. And the other women were very, like, thought it was totally inappropriate. And I, if I was one of those other women, I'd be like, huh, okay, inspiration. Yeah. Because yeah. they thought it was totally inappropriate because they could see how much of a threat it was that she was playing the game. It's all of those people, someone should have done that on night one, you know? Yeah. I think, you know, late, later when they go to the tarot card reading, the, the, the wise woman says that Moses is looking for someone sharp and decisive. Oh. Right? And he is. He's looking for someone to make the moves. You guys have talked in the past about how he's really bad at producing these scenes and keeping mm. the action going. And so he wants somebody who's got momentum, and that's that's Annie, right? She's mm-hmm. driving the action. You know, incredibly slick move where she she manages to create a sense of intimacy with him in front of all the other contestants. Is that like a known thing? Like, yeah. do people do that? Oh, the I mean, the, the 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 phone call in front of like like is that? I, I don't know, but I mean, flirting in front of the rest of the group, it's just. It's just everyday activity kind of, on, kind of the on, the, on the international like version of the show. All-time great yeah. flirting. It was. Like just such a brilliant move. And and she, you know, and, and the what's the golden rule of storytelling? You know, you show, you don't tell. All of the other contestants are stuck in this mode of just taking Moses aside to tell him that they're really into him. Oh, I just want you to know. I just want to make sure yeah. that you you understand. You didn't see this tarot card as yeah. somehow a mark against me, which he did because oh, yeah. he <laughs> believes in wellness culture, yeah, all of but, it. But, but all of the others seem to have skipped the bit between sort of awkward and awkward meeting They've missed the kind of playful flirtation into each other, and now they're just into the what are we conversation. (laughs) And Annie is the only one who is giving him that kind of, you know, sparky, will they, won't they, eyebrow movement, you know, joking about you naked, putting some grapes near your joke, taking a bite of the drapes, you know. Like, she's, she's not just throwing punches. She's using combinations, right? She's, like, moving seamlessly from one bit to another yeah. um, in a way that is just totally on a different level to everyone else in that show. And also she's not sharing it all with them. She's opting to, you know, she's showing and telling, the, <laughs> not telling to the women as well. They can, yeah. She comes back, she's like, I'm not really going to share what happened. She's using information as currency and she's not participating in the, the most important thing is that we form a very intense friendship bond as a group of women. It's just like, unless something massively changes, it's just going to be a procession because mm. no one is remotely interested in joining that, you know, in, in playing that game as opposed to the, like, let's hang out game. We're running very short on time, so I'm just going to have to skip through. Um, she reads out a lovely long poem to him, which I think if anyone else had done it, he would have hated and found really cringeworthy, <laughs> but because she'd done the phone call and the, the eyebrow raises and all that, he thought it was great. Kimmy goes into the TV room. It's just like, look, first things first, let's just establish what our relationship would be like. You cool to have some gossip in the car. I want to, like, chat about my friends in, like, a gossipy kind of way. You cool with that? <laughs> <laughs> on a Saturday morning? We're on our way out. Can I, like, run down, my, run down my mates? It's not modern hip-hop or even sort of early, mid-2000s hip-hop. Old-school old hip-hop. School. It was, it's, it's so specific. The thing is, Moses is actually sort of game to have a, a bit of a laugh, even though he doesn't appear that way. But there's something about the way that she framed it which seemed like... Based on the the sort of 
public face of his character like it was the last thing he could possibly want to do. She, she is the anti-Annie in terms of just doing everything she can to sabotage whatever advantage she has. Anyway, she did it so very well because she ended up getting sent home. There was a, a hedgehog at the end of that episode. They were calling it Shivani. What? The, the, in the voiceover, they were like... That was strange. What was that? Hmm. Was that because it was spiky? I don't know. That, I was don't that know. how we felt Shivani came across? If anyone right knows... Get into the corner, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash corner. It is our face, private Facebook group and it's a fun time. Okay. Annie scores a single date. They go kayaking. You talk about tourism, sponsorship, kayaking. How much is nzkayaking.com <laughs> paying? There's so much kayaking on this and the Bachelorette NZ. It's insane. A lot of paddleboarding as well. It's like there's only two things you can do, paddleboard or kayak. I'm very curious about the extent to which this whole thing was funded by Tourism New Zealand. Like, is is that like a like because it feels that way? Yeah, it's not. It, it goes beyond the sort of oh, we've got to do it all in New Zealand. Into we are intentionally showcasing the regions mm. and showcasing the regions which have lost tourism dollars. But that doesn't seem to have been sort of declared anywhere. Not, I'm not mad about it. I'm just curious. I mean, what else would they be doing, though, seriously? They can't rely on the good chats, you know? Metro lanes. (laughs) It's true. Go go for a bowl. Regarding those kayaks, can I just ask a technical question? What happens if you roll over in one of those? Because you're you're strapped in. You've got a little skirt on. You drown. You drown. Okay, cool. Um, (laughs) They arrive at this little, like, uh, like a sand spit and... There's two glasses of sparkling water there, and uh, they're just like, wow, that looks amazing. <laughs> so I, I do wonder if perhaps water's being kept from them back in the house <laughs> again. That's so I've been drinking a lot of seawater. And... <laughs> uh, one of the things that stood out to me on this day, apart from the crotch grapes, was the strawberry. He, when he bit into that strawberry, it crunched. It sounded like an apple crunch. Did yeah. you pick up on that? Yeah, but do you know where it's from? Was that they they the snuck it out berries. from the frozen berry bag, which is probably why <laughs> Megan was getting blamed. <laughs> it's production all along. There was a, a moment I thought they were going to kiss, and Moses just didn't. But it's so that was, if you're not kissing in that situation, I mean, her, what when is when will he pash? That I don't know if we're going to say it. I'm I mean, so even, s- even on the couch with Annie, because as we've established, literally the only person with game on the show. You know, he. You know. They, they, they were both kind of, you know, doing the kind of prep. They were both kind of licking their lips and he was like looking down at him out, you know, and he just can't seem to cross the longest six inches in existence. Can't seal the deal. Can't, can't cross the face event horizon. Six inches is about the, the, the size, like six square inches of Negan's bikini, which we, I, I'm, I don't think we're going we're gonna to see her in. Not at 7.30pm. No, but that... that it was that was a lovely scene where yeah, Lou whipped out Negan's bikini. It was like like tiny scraps of fabric <laughs> held together by um, like the cellotape. <laughs> it it was like very it was, uh, and translucent. It was translucent plastic straps. Um, I won't be getting one. Group date. This is where they go to the lovely Bigfoot. There's a tarot reading. The tarot lady is like says to Lydia, "Have you been a student in the past?" <laughs> So the thing she's like she's 24, getting, right? Like, <laughs> I just absolute, like, there, there was nothing that was remotely a risk. No, 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 not at all. Uh, you're looking for love. Um, she basically says, um, you, this is your time to get on the piss with your mates. 
um, you've been a student, go out and enjoy, which this is to Lydia, and Lydia was mortified that Moses might now think because the great Megan of the big boot uh, has suggested <laughs> that she she should go out and um, get on it with her girlfriends, that she's a party animal and that that's not what Moses is looking for. And how do we know that that's not exactly what Moses is looking for, for a start? Well, I mean, Moses doesn't seem to be looking for anyone but based <laughs> oh, on his, his uh, closing. <laughs> I've got to say, love the boot. Yeah, I think we should do a real pod trip to the boot. Absolutely. And get a tarot real reading pod? by Megan. Live at the boat. <laughs> Huge. We might have one corny join us there and it will be Ben <laughs> Self-funded, by the way. Just um, to make that clear. <laughs> uh, he calls Sinead Chanel. Yeah. yeah that's, He's had so tra- that's having second, trouble with names, yeah. Yeah, which I think just speaks to how invested he is in this, a.k.a. not at all. And, and you see, and when they have their, their, their single date where they're just sort of eating, eating, Scones, yeah. yeah, and there's a lot of like. It's a that, that, that was, that type was a great opportunity for a pesh. A lot, lot of cream on face, but he seemed like <laughs> and he was she was like a mother leaning, leaning her... towards. You know, yeah. as, as they're touching each other, sort of under their noses, she's coming in, and he's just like leaden, just yeah. unmoving, and then just started. You know, f- fussing with some lavender. Yeah, and doing and, <laughs> and, and having the kind of having the kind of conversation you have with your grandma, like, oh, I'm thinking of growing some lavender in the garden. And she pulled out, she pulled out the mum card again. Like she, as you say, she's cleaning up her, her face. She just stopped short of licking her thumb and giving it a, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> giving yeah. his face a white. Um, and then he pulls up the lavender and she says, "Don't pull it out if you're not going to use it." <laughs> For what? The because la- he picks the he's picking know, the lavender. What, what was it? going to be used I mean the whole thing I don't know anyway <laughs> cocktail party uh, nothing really of any great interest happened we left the week on Devaney crying um, wanting to have a quick chat with with Moses as the rose ceremony is about to commence and it's not really a cliffhanger because you can see from the very obvious promo who's still around know, <laughs> like literally every just... single I think there's like eight girls left and there were seven featured in the promo so you, <laughs> it didn't take a lot to figure out what happened next um, I don't want to no spoilers but I'm not sure that Devaney's going to be here next week okay <laughs> to, be, to be fair the, the the trailer for next week did actually look pretty did look like they're ratcheting it up a little I hope so in terms of excitement uh, and that's us. That's another week uh, <laughs> on the Bachelor NZ, and we will be back next week. Not, not with you, probably Ben. Though, sorry, sorry. got to give you a break. You're going to need a lay down for a couple of weeks just to, just to gather yourself back, after the back, excitement. Back to maths. <laughs> back to maths. Yep, Alex and I will be doing maths uh, on the Real Pod feed tomorrow. So please do join us for that. Uh, thank you very much, Duncan. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Tina. Thank you, Cornies. Thank you, spin-off members, and we'll catch you again soon. Kia ora e te iwi. Kiai he Butler here, podcast manager at the spin-off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a spin-off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.